0: I'm Stalkers. I'm Steph.
1: And I'm Sin. And we'd like to thank you for tuning in to our first episode. We talked about making this for a few months and we finally got around to making the first episode. While planning our wedding. So, it's been busy. (laughs) Alright, so to kick it off, we're going to start with a story from our neck of the woods. It's about two young boys who ventured out of their small town, Metamora, Michigan, and came down to Daytona Beach... On their own, without their parents. Like, this is the first time they've done this kind of thing. <clears throat> and now when I say, like, Daytona Beach, what, what's your first thought? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Uh, old people?
0: Retirement?
1: Retirement? Yeah. Old people? Damn.
0: I, I mean, was, what else is there? You do the same thing every weekend.
1: Well, I was thinking about, like, my bike getting stolen. You got the street oh, well, walkers like at night. Other, yeah. Yeah, this got some of that, too. Yeah. Well, anyways, they didn't think they were going to see any of that kind of stuff. They were coming down here to party and go to Disney World. This one's called (laughs) Spider Snake. Oh, my. It was 1978, which is the same year that Grease came out and bell bottoms were still popping.
0: Damn.
1: Yeah. And uh, the Barber and the Boucher families were waiting to hear back from their boys. They went a whole week without hearing from them since they left for Daytona Beach in Orlando. And it had been about six days since they last got a call from them, letting them know that they had arrived safely. James Boucher was the eldest of the Boucher family, as far as, like, the kids went. And uh, he, he thought he was pretty mature for the mustache that he was trying to rock. <laughs> I got a picture. I'll show it to you. But um, he, he was rocking it pretty hardcore. And he had just won this, like, bowling, the statewide bowling competition. And he won $10,000. Damn. Dude, I'm saying. So, he took 400 out for the vacation and put the rest aside for, like, a brand new 1979 Camaro that he had to, like, order. That's smart. That's yeah, smart. And that's a sick car back then. That was the newest shit. So, side note, $400 in... And- 1978 is the equivalent to $1,678 in 2021. What? Yeah. He wasn't playing around for this trip. That's that's quite a bit of money to go fucking partying with, right? Yeah. So, in the total amount of $10,000, that would be almost $42,000 today.
0: I believe you. I'm bad at math.
1: I had to Google it. All right. So, he wasn't going alone, though, James. He was bringing his best friend that he had known for seven years, Daryl Barber, which he was two years older. He was nineteen, and James was seventeen. And but he was the youngest of his siblings in the Barber family, and he had a nineteen seventy two Chevy Nova with a black top. So, I'm
0: guessing these details are important. Yeah. All right.
1: They'll come back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but they're sick cars too. So, but that's how they were getting to Florida. Okay. <clears throat> And there wasn't any formal, like, agreement with the parents, like, you gotta call us every single day. Or, you know what I mean? Mm. Anything like that. But it was, it was kind of weird that they went the entire week without calling their parents. Part because, you, man. you know. Well, maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe it was hard to find pay phones. But it wasn't.
0: <laughs> Forget how long ago it was.
1: So according to the files from the Florida Drug and Law Enforcement or the FDLE that we got from the Volusia County Sheriff's Office, when they arrived, they called from a Pisano restaurant in Daytona Beach. I never heard of it.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: But that was also back in the 70s. But they called around like 1030 and they told James's parents that they made it like safely, Mm -hmm. that they had finally made it to town like in Daytona, but they hadn't made it to their hotel at that point. And also, in the files and in the book, The Snake and the Spider by Karen Kingsbury, it was only James who called. And Daryl asked Miss Boucher to, like, tell his mom that they were okay. Like, relay the message. Right. For anybody listening, if you get a chance to check out the book, The Spider and the Snake, it's dope. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes for that book. Because it's dope.
0: It's dope. It's dope. If y'all didn't understand, it's, it's
1: dope. <laughs> it, it like really gets into the detail of like what the family was going through, which is pretty intense.
0: Right, because you can't find <clears throat> nothing about it on Google, hardly.
1: Yeah, for real. That's I remember why. looking up
0: his mugshot, and that was hard. You can't find no mugshot.
1: Yeah, you got to like really dig in to try to find anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they were gone a whole week at that point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I don't know. I would be freaking the fuck out like you'd be Oh yeah,
0: worried. for sure.
1: I mean, 2 days without the boys and I'm like what right. The fuck? So it turned from a couple hours late to a few days and then like weeks. So after 48 hours, the parents went to like the police mm-hmm. and like made the missing persons report and they also hit the state police and ultimately even the governor's office because you know, you got to call fucking everybody. Yeah. So they filed the missing persons report, and then they hit the bank. Because, you know, paper trail.
0: Right. But did he have only cash?
1: Oh, uh, well, no. See, because he did pull out cash, but his dad thought it would be a smart idea not to only bring cash. And oh, to get some, okay. And to get some traveler's checks. Okay. Which, that's important. That comes back to. <clears throat> and the bank would know... If those travelers' checks were right. cashed and shit. They didn't have debit cards. There were debit cards. Back then. They debit cards came back came out in like the nineteen fifties or something. <sighs> right. Alright, so yeah, so the dad Roy went to the bank and asked for the records. And he had to like call a couple places too to like find this shit out. Because it wasn't like online. Right. So luckily they were able to get the checks and talk to the operator, like, with the checks and who like checked them and everything like that. And The parents are like, well, maybe we should check and see if they were forged. (laughs) So the lady was like, no, it doesn't look like forged to me. And like, we're trained to detect this kind of thing and blah, 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 blah. But it'll it'll come back like they did look funky. They couldn't tell if they were forged or Mm -hmm. not, but they didn't look like his. Okay. Like they look close enough. It looked like someone was trying to mimic his handwriting. <clears throat> so, the first ca- like the first check that was cashed was on a Sunday, and that was August 13th at a magic market in Daytona Beach, Florida. I was trying to think if I knew where a magic market was, but I-, I can't think of one. I know there was, like, the magic mark. I don't know. On A1A, but...
0: I was going to say probably where that old food line is on Granada. <laughs> Everything fucking goes through that thing.
1: Everything was once there. Right. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I tried googling that too but I couldn't find anything <clears throat> the second one was on the 17th of August at a roadrunner pit stop and grill and du funic? 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 <laughs> you're unsure I
0: definitely ain't gonna get it
1: <laughs> defuniac springs Florida <laughs> it's something we like
0: hope that. that's it
1: <laughs> Yeah, if we're saying it wrong and you're offended like, sorry about that <laughs> I just didn't look up like the pronunciation of it, which I'm not familiar with that part at all. I've never heard of that place, but I did look it up and it was like, it's like west of Tallahassee.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So that's way up there. It's not I don't around remember. here. Yeah, right. no, that's way up there. Anyways, and the third check was cashed on the same day, um, on the 17th at the North Beach Street Trailer Park. Which I think was like Miller and Fisher, I think that was the name of it. <clears throat> Which was strange because like the kids were staying in hotels; mm-hmm. they weren't going to stay in fucking trailers, right? Who who B, like a Airbnb, right? In whatever Unless the they were
0: into some like you know illegal stuff.
1: They just these two <laughs> teens came down from Michigan and. All of a sudden in one day became some fucking...
0: That's what happens when you come to Daytona. What do you mean?
1: <laughs> That's funny. Keep that in mind because that'll kind of come back to... Oh, okay. And it's not like a serious way, but... Anyways, on Friday, another check was cashed at uh, Pasagola, Mississippi. Some diner called uh, Dobbs House. And another one in Ocean Springs... At Ocean Springs Custom Cycle Shop,
0: and these were all cashed.
1: These were all the travelers' checks that were like paid,
0: right? So like, man, he's just blowing money,
1: right? <laughs> and in such weird places, right. Like Why the f- dispersed? Why the fuck would he be in Deafuniac?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, when he's coming here to go to Disney and downtown? Right, you know, right. That's,
0: that's the opposite way.
1: So, like, when they found that out, they're like, why would he be in Michigan? Mm -hmm. Or not Michigan, but Mississippi. Maybe it's a
0: Disney we don't know about. Anybody from (laughs) Mississippi that got a Disney out that way?
1: (laughs) What's the cool things out there in Mississippi? (laughs) Cooler than Disney. So, the parents were tripping, you know. So, more so now, because why would they be way out there? It's like, not even on the way back. Right, right. So they contacted the Michigan State Police and let them know that the checks and the locations and all that. And uh, they also looked at their phone bill rec- like receipt. And, you know, I don't know if you remember seeing those. You can get it back and see, like, if you were charged anything for, like, phone Statements? calls. Yeah. All right. So, like, they could see that the phone call they received from the boys. Oh, right. Well, it was actually in Ormond. It wasn't Daytona, which if you're not from Daytona or been around here, you don't really know that they're like side by side. Right. So it was kind of weird for the parents because they were like, what the fuck? Like, Right. Where's woman? Like, yeah. What the fuck is that? When really it's just right next to it. Mm-hmm. So they got a hold of the state police in Michigan and told them about that. And an officer, Ray Burnham, was assigned to the boy's missing persons like case. So they got a photo of that. <clears throat> and made their missing, missing person flyers and all that. And we actually we got a picture of that, too. So we should post that. Sweet. And then he started calling people. Because what's he going to do? F- drive down to Florida?
0: Right.
1: I mean, in a perfect world, a detective probably would. But I'm sure they got a lot of shit going on up there. But anyways. So he starts calling, like, down here. Trying to figure out, like, what's going on and what's the mm-hmm. story. But none of the places... Where the, like, the checks were cashed, remembered, like, seeing the boys at all. Right. So he's calling these places, like, did you ever see these two little teenage cats? Like, no, we didn't see nothing.
0: So that's, like, a suspect.
1: Right. Because you'd think he would remember seeing right. two young cats rolling through paying with traveler's checks. Oh, yeah. But then again, I don't know. Maybe I mean,
0: depending we- on how much traffic they go through, the. Whatever stores that they went
1: through, right? And how popular it right. was to use travelers checks. I don't know. So yeah, so he called those all those places. Nobody recognized the kids, and he started thinking like, yeah, okay, maybe the maybe the checks were forged, right? And which was kind of weird because even Roy Boucher like talked to that trained person that was supposed to like notice forgeries, mm-hmm. and he said that they looked like authentic. But that man
0: needed to look for a new job.
1: He might have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot how long ago it was. Yeah,
1: 1978. Hey. So shit was totally different, different back then. Yeah. So, anyways, so the cat Ray, what the fuck was his name? Burnham.
0: Yeah, the share or the officer.
1: The Michigan State Police officer. Yeah. All right, so Ray Burnham called a detective, Mickelson, in Daytona Beach, in the police department down here. And he, like, told him about what was going on, and he mailed over photos and the missing persons report and everything like that. And nothing really happened. So, like, two months later, it was October 13th, the parents were like, fuck this, like, you guys aren't getting anywhere with finding our sons, and we're not cool with that. <clears throat> so they hired a private investigator in Detroit. Right.
0: That's and they what I like, do.
1: You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. his name was James Bird. So James Bird, after being hired, was like, okay, I'm going to hire another private investigator down in Florida.
0: Hmm.
1: Right? Outsourcing.
0: Right. <laughs> he just didn't want to come down to Florida.
1: Right. But... <laughs> It, it was pretty intense. This, this cat that he hired, uh, Bob Brown, he fucking, he's the man. <laughs> he is. So he spent about a week on the phone calling, like, the boy's parents and their friends and their girlfriends and just trying to figure out, like, who these cats are. Right. You know, where would they hang out? What would they do? What would they eat? And he was like, there's no way. This is just, like, two teens running off right. and partying in Florida.
0: I mean, they wanted to go to Disney. Who doesn't want to go to Disney and don't go to Disney? Right. Especially
1: when you're balling. Right. You know?
0: Back then, $400 ain't even getting me into Disney. Right.
1: Not now. <laughs> Who knows back then? It might have just been like 50 right. bucks or something. Oh, man. And, and Daryl also had money, too. I think he had like 172 bucks or something with him. Something like that. All right. So Brown got the missing persons, like flyers and all the rundown. And learned about the checks and contacted the Michigan State Police and the Daytona Beach Police. And how they had talked to the detective, Michelson. And uh, he decided it was time for him to just go down to Daytona. So he came down here and he talked to the detective, Mickelson about the case. And like I was saying, they didn't really have a chance to look at this case like at all. Mm -hmm. Because I think there was a whole bunch of missing persons going on. In Daytona, anyways. And for the reasons why, like, all oh, they, they were teens and they just ran off. Right. That shit was real. People were doing that. So he was talking to him and, you know, he was like, I'm just gonna need help from you. Mm-hmm. Like, you got your hands full. I'll be on this shit and I'm just gonna need you to back me pretty much. And the detective down here was like, that's cool with me, man. Right. Fuck yeah. <clears throat> so he started working from his car. And he hired like two people, this one cat, Mike and Rob. And they were trying to like backtrack the boy's steps. Mm-hmm. So they started like going around with the missing persons reports and like showing it to people on the beach and shit. Have you seen these cats? Have you seen them? And, uh, <laughs> what was funny in the book, they're like, I, he had to, the detective had to go buy new clothes because he looked too much like a, Like, a cop. Uh,
0: Yeah. Like, I just imagine in, in, in like, a
1: three-piece suit, like, walking down the beach. So, they went and got, like, a whole bunch of tourist, like, shirts and shit and Uh, just, like, played the part.
0: The little flowerly tropical tops. That's what I picked, yeah.
1: (laughs) That's what I pictured in my head was, like, the, yeah, the real floral.
0: (laughs) Dad flip-flops.
1: Yeah. So, they, and they were also, they had a $500, like, reward for any information, on the flyers that they were passing out, and they went and they checked the hospitals, they checked the morgue, and then uh, they started going around and like hitting the flop houses all along the beach. Mm. Yeah, so they then they weren't just like going up and knocking on the door; they were right. just like fucking kicking in the door and just like walking through and just being like, Do, you "Have you seen this days. motherfucker?" <laughs> and, like, well, maybe in a flop house you kick. Who's gonna fucking call the cops?
0: True, true. They're all true. fucking
1: stoned. Out they're everywhere. They
0: ain't just on the beach nowadays,
1: right? So they couldn't find them or anything like that. So they started making like a map of the interstate from like Daytona to like that Mississippi town. I'm I'm not sure which one. Ocean Springs, I think, was the last one. And uh, he sent Mike and Rob up there, and they were gonna get off on every like exit, pull over, and ask people. Have you seen these kids? Have you seen them? Blah, blah, blah. So they did that, but nothing nothing came up from it. No one's seen the kids. So Bob Brown was like, all right, well, fuck it. I'm going to go to the places where these checks were cashed. So he went and he hit that magic market. And there was just some old, like, New Yorker dude working there and he was just like I told the fucking cops last week that I ain't seen them kids and blah he's just like fuck this I ain't seen them kids (laughs) like and then someone I think even paid with like a traveler's check like right when the private investigator was talking to him so Ah, he was like you see how often I get these
0: all the time yeah he's done with it (laughs) yeah I want cash
1: so the next stop he went to was that trailer park off of North Beach Street oh and I should bring this up because there is like small inconsistencies in between my two sources. So like from from the book and the Volusia County Sheriff's Office like report, mm-hmm. there's small little things that aren't the same. They don't they don't line up. So like for instance, how many checks were cashed where? So like in the book, it kind of makes it seem like not that many were cached, or maybe, like, they only talk about a few of them mm-hmm. than how many there were actually were, because in the, the police report, there's more. Right. Anyways. So they go there, back to that trailer park, and uh, there was a manager there, Miss Pansy Wade.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what and, a name. I
1: know, right? <laughs> So, and yeah, the name of the trailer park was Miller Fisher, Miller Fisher. And that was at 606 North Beach Street. And and that's why I said the whole check thing, because she says that she accepted seven traveler's checks there in the name of James Boucher from a man known as Snake. And uh, he was paying rent for a lot number nine. Mm. Right. So, and like, that's. And that's why I brought up the check thing because if you read the book, it's, they don't say that. Right. You know, but in the police report, it did. So Snake had actually come in and paid rent in advance. And he threw this like huge party around the same time that the boys were down. And coincidentally, he had a new ass car. It was red and black. Mm. Right. And it, his story about the car was that he had got it in a fair and square drug deal.
0: I told you. It's mm-hmm. always drugs.
1: Right? Well, that's, that's why you come to Daytona, right? No
0: matter what year.
1: <laughs> so, all right. So, Snake. His name was John Cox Jr. He was a former Tampa trucker. Man, trucker. Trucker. He was a former Tampa trucker, possibly a pagan biker, and an all-around cocksucker.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. He was well-known. Was known. that
0: in somewhere? <laughs>
1: No, I wrote that. Um, It's my own opinion.
0: I was going to say, damn, I like the articles from back then.
1: (laughs) No, this is my articles. (laughs) So, yeah, he was well known around Daytona, and especially to cops, given to say he had a record. And um, it just so happened that the fingerprints on the traveler's checks from the trailer park and the magic market came back as snakes. No. Right. It, it thickens.
0: Right.
1: So, the private investigator that James Bird, the first pri- private investigator hired, Bob Brown, started hitting the biker bars. Like I said, Bob Brown was the fucking man. He just started going around and hitting biker bars. and the, He's he, a
0: ballsy man. Straight <laughs> I did up. Just, that.
1: fuck this, I'm <laughs> here. Let's a cop walking up there. So, he did find... One of the bikers. It was an outlaw biker. And he got a little information out of him about Snake, but he also told him about someone that he chilled with that went by spider. That's right.
0: Fucked up names.
1: Great names for critters.
0: Critters. <laughs> critters. I mean, yeah.
1: So he was like
0: Where's the mouse? <laughs> Where's
1: the mouse? Well, there was one other person, and he went by the name of Fat Man. Right. So these That's nicknames like are popping.
0: Up. <laughs>
1: you got to wonder how these nicknames came about. Right. Who gave them these. Right. So he had heard the name Spider and Fat Man before, Bob Brown did, at the trailer park. And he paid, like, $200 to that biker to find out that Spider's real name was Earl Smith.
0: Damn, $200 right. to Snitch?
1: Right. Well, we gotta remember that was...
0: Oh, yeah, that was a lot of money back quite a then. Bit.
1: yeah. So, and that's not the first time he'll do that. And he found out also that Spider was Snake's roommate back at the trailer park. And he also found out from that cat that Snake usually carried like two loaded thirty-eights and an ice pick with him.
0: No, he was ready for whatever.
1: He was always ready. It was a snake ready to attack. True that. <laughs> But so Bob Brown, now knowing that Spider was the roommate and he got Spider's name, Earl Lee Smith, he gave it to that detective Mickelson in Daytona. And then he looked him up. Boom. They got a hit. It's fucking, he was locked up.
0: <laughs> oh, so he didn't yeah. do it. He,
1: well, no, he, he was locked up for weapons charges.
0: Oh, but right. he was out.
1: Yeah. And you got to, you got to remember this. It happened in August when the boys went missing. We're now in October. Right. Close to December. So it's been a couple months. Detective Mickelson and private investigator Bob Brown. I thought you were
0: saying Nicholson the whole time. Mickel. Okay. Mickelson. Now we're all the same (laughs) thing.
1: The detective Mickelson (laughs) and Bob Brown, they went and uh, they interviewed Spider. In the pen. And he really didn't want to talk at first. And uh, he was kind of like giving him shit. Until they mentioned Snake. And they were like... Then they noticed that he started getting nervous and Mm -hmm. shit. He's like, what the fuck? Oh, shit. So he did eventually say that he saw Snake with a red and black Nova. And he also seen him with a bunch of traveler's checks. And the only thing he knew about how he got those traveler's checks... Was that he got? He had made a big hit. Like, he he made a big lick.
0: Like a drug deal.
1: Like a robbery.
0: Oh, shit. Right. Well, yeah, with that car and them traveler checks.
1: Right, so after after that, he had headed up to Mississippi. And Spider hadn't seen him since then. And that was in August. Mm. I remember. Explains the check. The boys went missing right. in August. After that, a couple weeks went by. And Bob Brown went back to talk to Spider. Because he was like, this motherfucker knows more than what he's telling me. Right. Like, he obviously knows something else. So he goes and sees him. And Spider tells him a little bit more. He's like, come on. I know that you've seen these kids. Like, just just be real with me. And he was like, all right, yeah, I did. And he was like, all right, where did you see them at? And he was like, at Snake's trailer. So now he's saying... The boys had been there.
0: Right, right.
1: And Snake's trailer was at that trailer park where the traveler's checks were cashed.
0: And this is the cat that took the $200 to Snatch? No. Oh. This
1: is Spider.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, who's in the pen, who was the roommate of Snake. Okay. So other than that, that's all he really said on the second visit that he had from So Bob Brown went on the hunt again. And this is where he finds another biker. But this biker is dope. His name is uh, Larry.
0: <laughs> Larry, <laughs>
1: Larry! <laughs> Shout out, fucking impractical jokers. <laughs> so yeah, so he finds this cat Larry, and so he tells Larry, like, so my look, I
0: tell Joe. That's all I kept thinking about. <laughs> tell Joe we found
1: Larry. We found him. He's a dope biker. <laughs> now, I don't know how dope he was in his whole life, but at this moment, he was dope. So he's like, Look, I'll give you 200 bucks, 100 now, and 100 later if you could find any information on this dude, Fat Man. Because he already found Spider. Right. So, dude's like, Okay. So he tracks down one cat, the biker does, and influences him to tell where Fat Man is. So then he finds fucking Fat Man. And then. He learns that Snake was now living in Tampa with his wife and some trailer, and he had a nice red and black Nova in the fucking driveway. And he also, uh, because I wrote, Larry was such a great negotiator. (laughs) He came to Bob Brown's office with the address. It was a Bayfront Trailer Park, one o eight South Twenty Eighth Street, Lot Forty. So that's where Snake was staying now. And like, that man
0: should have became a detective,
1: right? Straight up, so the car was out front, but it didn't have any license plates, so they could see, like, you know, the VIN number and everything, Mm -hmm. but they would have to take it, go back and look it up. So while they were there, Snake's wife, I think her name was Deborah, she had she had like came home and she was with some dude too, drunk off her ass.
0: Oh. Yeah, so they they
1: get out the car drunk as fuck, and she's like, what are you doing? That's my car. Like, I got it for my birthday, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, nah, son, we're taking this. Right. So they loaded it up, and they took it back to, like, the laboratory to, like, do their shit and see if they could find any clues. So Bob Brown, after, after they found the car and everything, so they're like, all right, a lot of shit's adding up here. You know, the car's there. Mm-hmm. Snake's not there. Because he had just got a new trucking job. And he was out on the road until, like, December.
0: How convenient.
1: Right. But, I mean, that's what the fuck he did. And I guess that's why Deborah was partying. Shit. <laughs> right. So, he goes back to Spider. And this time, it was only because the parents. The parents were like, Alright, look. We come up with an idea. We'll pay... For the defense of Spider. If he can tell us like. What happened to them. Alright so he went. And told him like the deal like. Look they'll pay for your defense fees. Blah 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 blah. And they're like what. He was like why the fuck would I do that. Like I don't know nothing. Fuck you.
0: I didn't do nothing.
1: Yeah I didn't do anything. Fuck you all this. He was just being a piece of shit. He didn't care about the kids. But he did keep like dropping suggestions. Like, given little clues, like, he knew that the boys stayed at the Thunderbird Motel. And he even said, like, I know what number of room it was. It was 103. But that's also, like, an inconsistency, like I was talking Mm. about. They also said, I think in the Volusia County Sheriff's Report, it was 109. Oh, okay. And in the book, it was 103. So, like, I don't know where the mix-up was or anything like that, but... It's essentially the same thing going down, but, like, little weird things like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, who was right? But anyways, he did tell... Spider did tell Bob Brown, like, look, I can tell you one thing. Stop looking for the boys. They're dead. Right? So now, you know... That's, like, a big... You gotta be like, fuck, dude. Right. Fuck you. I'm gonna find them now.
0: Right.
1: Like, you know that they're dead. hmm How?
0: Right. Like, how does he know they're dead? Was he involved? Or like, what's going on? That sounds a little suspect to me.
1: Right. It's a little little info that he might right, have. Right. I
0: want to know what he knows.
1: Well, I guess you'll have to find out on tomorrow's episode. Because that's when we're coming back for this.
0: So keep on stalking. Keep
1: on stalking. <laughs> and thanks for listening. Um, If you do want to... Get all the updates and news on our stuff. Our Instagram is the underscore crime underscore stalkers. Twitter is at crime underscore stalkers. Facebook is just the Crime Stalkers podcast.
0: Follow it.
1: Follow all of them. And uh, pretty soon we should have a Patreon up. But if you do want to get a hold of us, we have an email and it is stalkers at gmail.com. And we hope you tune in tomorrow for the next episode. We out.